you are a pilot tremendously respected pilot one of the top pilots in your field regardless of what you're doing whether it's commercial flight or more so a consumer oriented flight or uh, <clears throat> excuse me uh, more industrial flights of certain packages and things but long story short you are a highly respected pilot and what ends up happening essentially is that a certain event occurs on one of the planes you're flying this is not uncommon to occur more so you wouldn't like this to happen more so than it usually does but it tends to happen and you expect it you're you're you know carrying a lot of heavy payloads as it's called um and you land the plane safely given the conditions and the circumstances and all of that and you are then asked to check the flight manifest because Again, there may be some investigation as to maybe how the plane was set to crash or how the plane did end up almost crashing if you did not save it. You then check what's called the flight manifest. And I would like to point out the word manifest very specifically. You check the flight manifest and then you realize that this same paper, this flight manifest that had a list of names of individuals, many, many months, if not years later, this particular manifest piece of paper is being used in what you would call a seance type ritual when you are in a completely other country in a completely other scenario on a totally other end of the world having nothing to do with your particular job and you are just completely spooked out how is it that you just so happen to be at a ritual seance you name it for better or worse is not for me to say or some type of event gathering where there is a manifest that just so happened to be the manifest of the plane that you happen to safely, I guess you could say, crash land, so to speak. Now, the reason I bring all this up, folks, is because the word manifest is far more literal than people think, whether it's a ship manifest, whether it's some type of flight manifest, uh, whether it's a boat, you name it, which is interesting because it speaks to the overall concept of the elements that exist within our society, society naturally. And what are those elements? Again, flight, water air, things like this, all of those major elements seem to be ingrained within one large network of we could call sub-networks within those networks, which speaks to fractals, of course, in which is all under the concept of what are called manifests. Now, today's episode is called The Construct, Comprehending Preference Falsification and Manufacturing Consent via Soul Phones. I promise it's going to be a very interesting episode, at least it is to me, so hopefully it will be for you folks. Now, hopefully, because this I'm planning to take this public, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Generation Z. For those that have asked what's happened to the Generation Z show on the public end in terms of, uh, you know, frequent public posting, not as much as it used to be some months ago. Again, I'm getting quite busy with SALT, getting quite busy with writing uh, reports, white papers, of which some is also put on patreon.com com slash generation z and of course we also do have a substack davez.substack.com so <clears throat> let's get into it first and foremost let's first uh, minimize my screen here because that is enough of me speaking and let us first jump to something called on wikipedia here preference falsification it is the act of misrepresenting a preference under perceived public pressures it involves the selection of a publicly expressed preference that differs from the underlying privately held preference so we'll see here for example um i'll give you an idea say for example uh 
let's use a typical political example. We have a Democratic candidate, we have a Republican candidate. You are not running for any political office, but again, you for let's say let's take another example and pretend that you are a political commentator and you go on to the news one night, a place in which you contribute to a network, and you say why don't we take a little bit from the left, a little bit from the right, and perhaps even take some approaches outside of the parameters and confines of what have always been Republican and Democrat? I'm just using a Western example here. And the interviewer or someone else on that panel at that time says, oh my gosh, to, to you specifically, so you're trying to say that we should have this and we should have that by over-sensationalizing, therefore over-integrating and over-exaggerating what you're saying deliberately under bad faith, but pretending as if what they're doing right there is something to say that, oh no, that's the only way that we see it, so that must be the only way, right? We can give a lot of examples in reality right now as to some of those cases in a very political sense, both medically and what's going on globally, but I'm just going to kind of leave it there for the sake of not getting political. Now, with that said, we see here specific form of lying preference falsification aims specifically at molding the perceptions others hold about one's motivations this is also interesting as well this could also be done not just by an individual but by an entity not just an entity but a corporation not just a corporation but even what you would call a, an egregore or a neurological form constant something that is not so much conscious as much as it is sentient because of the belief and intent that is given and then induced not just piezoelectrically in a sort of material science manner, but also literally what we would call, dare I say, through the ether, as some substantiations via Bohmian decoherence and quantum coherence have shown, particularly in loop quantum gravity. Now, what's interesting about all of this is that we see here, right, not all forms of lying entail preference falsification. To withhold bad medical news from a terminally ill person is a charitable lie, but it is not preference falsification because the motivation is not to conceal a wish. So in other words, long story short, basically you say, Dave, I would like the color blue, and then I, for example, say, you like the color shaded blue because so, so, and so, and you try and say, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But then by the time I, you try and counter what I'm saying, I've already yelled to the world, hey, by the way, th this this guy or this girl likes, uh, you know, shaded blue when really you wanted more of a solid blue color. That's what preference falsification is. And some of you may in fact be giggling right now because we see this happen in our everyday lives, not just with the media, but with everything in general, and it's very unfortunate. Now, let's jump to the, what I would call the final part or final quote-unquote boring part of this episode before it gets really good, manufacturing consent. We see here that it was a book written by Edward Herman and Noam Chomsky. It argues that the mass communication media of the United States, quote, are effective and powerful ideological institutions that carry out a system-supportive propaganda function by reliance on market forces, internalized assumption and self-censorship, and with overt coercion by means of the propaganda model of communication, end quote. The key words here are overt coercion, specifically those words. And the reason I say that is because if overt coercion could be induced into just even the concept and, and sense of belief, there is evidence to suggest that as Roger Penrose, Stuart Hameroff, and others have proposed, specifically Penroff and, uh, excuse me, Penrose and Hameroff, excuse me, that what we call consciousness or the energy of it, I'm not claiming in any extent to state what it is. I clearly don't know. One of the beautiful things 
I consider a beautiful glass half full view is that the more you dive into this topic, the more you realize you don't know anything, but that speaks to a beautiful, uh, we could say, infinite tree branch of pursuits, both materially, ideologically, you name it. We see here that microtubules, I'm, I'm honestly not even going to define it officially in the sense, but we see that it tends to have a lot to do at the, at the nano level, you can even, dare I say, at the quantum level, with carrying various forms of electromagnetic energies, we could see a flexural rigidity of the microtubules and the filaments themselves. They have a lot to do with transition frequencies. We'll find here as well, they provide platforms for intracellular support and are involved in a variety of cellu cellular processes. There's been a proposal that, for example, at least it's been hypothesized that if the microtubules become jammed, whatever energy it's carrying with it that has our consciousness so to speak it cannot then disseminate to the rest of our body which speaks to this idea of our bodies being organic laptops or you know dare i say containers vessels whatever you would like to call it which then brings me to this right over here which is the soulphonefoundation.org and I quote, again, as of January 2021, we see right here, it can reliably be said that life after death has been definitively demonstrated scientifically. If multi-center studies replicating the data state this, it can accurately be stated that life after death has been proven, end quote. This is incredible. And the reason I say this is not so much because of a of an approach of some type of proof of life after death in the sense of, oh, do you want to speak to a relative or a deceased one? There's going to be some virtual, you know, data bank that, that stored their data when they were alive. So now there will be a set of parameters that will simulate their responses after they've the real them has passed, so to speak. This is when it starts to get trippy in the sense of we need to define real, but it's it's not even that it's not even speaking to a vr person by any stretch what you're seeing here is electromagnetic interaction with what you would call the ether right now some of you may say well dave i've seen some of these devices on some ghost hunting shows or whatever the case is i'm not claiming those are real nor fake to be fair but it, i certainly wouldn't rule out the feasibility of those technical operationalities within what you'd call mems or mems micro electromechanical systems because we see here the electronic soul switch will lead to the soul keyboard. This is expected to allow people to enjoy typing and texting with their loved ones who have crossed over. So to give some context, for you folks that remember what I had talked about pertaining to the idea of uh, taking a cancer cell and then re reversing it, it, again, one way of allegedly overcoming cancer amongst others but one way that we'll focus on is the idea of if it's stackable it's hackable like a slinky so you can take a cancerous cell reverse it to a time when it was healthy and then take that form in a sort of morphogenic holographic substrate sense via electromagnetic manipulation and perturbation and place it over top the cancerous one so you've now split you've taken now one of the old cancer cells and you've now made it into a new one, but the old version is now phasing out and the new one that is nice and healthy will remain. Now, this speaks to that general idea. Now, you may say, Dave, doesn't this kind of go against the concept of some type of organic approach? Not, it really does depend. And I say that, folks, because I think there's a difference between science and technology, but a very limited degree of technology that what we could call the Earth, Mother Earth has given us, so to speak, can in fact be used and har uh, harnessed. And the reason I bring this up is because before going any further, let's take a look at some of this late 17, early 1800s, even a little bit later on, 
one of people that used to communicate with their deceased loved ones as we see in some of the images here now again it only takes two generations to immediately wipe the memory of a civilization with respects to any type of recent major innovative events or paradigm shifting events that would create economic and societal not upheaval but innovation but i guess some you know resistance for some at the top but we see here again now of course i'll point out you know people could argue about you know the mason hand here and all that sure we see here again we don't know what's inside of this tube but we see clearly there's some type of concave semi-spherical plasma type induction that induces a state in which people can speak to their or at least view their deceased loved ones in a particular way and i will state that without getting into all the specifics from a quantum physics point of view this is one of the more basic and feasible approaches dare i say now not only that notice even the way in which the parameters and the perimeter of the material object which seem to be that of some type of metal or aluminum of some of some kind tend to also be curved as well Think about that concept of the Casimir effect again. Our ancestors did not necessarily need to know about these terms so much as what they knew uh, what to do in a geometrical regard, right? We see this here again in this particular, uh, in this particular um, photograph. Not only that, but Leslie Keane, the New York Times reporter, had recently come out stating she had witnessed some seances where she witnessed spirit hands leaving portals in, in the room in which the seance was conducted and she saw a sort of ectoplasm fill a certain part of the room in which the hand came out of that she shook she claimed to have shaken and touched physically before it actually came out so an ectoplasm was there before it actually came out now the reason i bring all of this up folks is because think of this idea of inducing some type of plasma-like effect in order to speak to your loved ones or anything like this again from a psychological perspective there's a lot of things that need to be discussed here pertaining to the standards and what is or isn't moral or ethical there's more proposals to do things like the soul video the soul voice you name it but i want to show you folks that this is in fact not something that is sort of wacko or out there because again of course i say this sarcastically when it comes to the weaponization oh no they don't you know they don't stop to think you know no problem let's weaponize this baby no problem we see here science-news.co pentagon scientists are creating talking laser plasma balls that can deliver intelligible speech to nearby locations it can deliver intelligible speech Quote, instead of shouting a message over a loudspeaker on the battlefield to keep people away from sensitive areas, a new technology is being developed that could allow troops to fire a laser beam that can form a plasma ball that actually talks to the potential attackers, end quote right now of course there's a laser beam being used here of course the color green for those that are members you'll know far more significantly what i'm alluding to here but one of the things i wanted to touch upon before ending all of this is that under the concept and idea of plasma and this whole idea of manufacturing consent under preference falsification via a psychological manipulation let's take for a moment this idea that everything we just learned right here is being used within what we'd call NPCs. That's what I'm trying to bring full circle. Now, the reason I say that is because not in a good nor bad way, I'm not saying this is good nor bad, I'm not saying this is healthy nor unhealthy, but imagine deceased loved ones then being put into a new NPC-type laptop vessel, or organic laptop or vessel, excuse me. The reason I bring this up is because of this right here. I have some notes, so I will be reading here. We find that the invisible world whether literally in the ether or the secret world, the, the, the humans that secretly work in very occult, esoteric manners to keep this world secret, in, in which is right under our noses, by the way, 
is first discovered in the visible world due to the invisible world having multiple entry points or failing to close its own loops in the physical world. And so when we do stumble upon these failures to close those gaps in, the, in, in, in our world, it is not our problem because we have stumbled upon your or their invisible, nefarious, or attempting to be invisible operation. We've done nothing wrong. So what I'm trying to say here is that we as a people have stumbled across certain constructs that may have in fact used everything I've shown here to attempt to keep a lot of this secret, including the example of the flight of the pilot with the, with the manifest being seen in a ritual many years later. Now, which construct may that be? I'll give a prime example because it's in front of everyone right now. For example, the Jeffrey Epstein construct, right? We could say that that was a construct shaping operation in multiple areas so as to ensure that there were many multi-pronged approaches that were taken to then hold some type of non-physical leverage energetically over the physical, if that makes sense, right? Now we see here that if we stumble upon any of these shaping operations or construct operations, we're suddenly conspiracy theorists. And that is where the preference falsification comes into play. Oh, no, no. And, the, you know, the, the people and news outlets, deliberately those looking to help serve the construct, if we'll call it, will go and write articles that are completely dissuading under the reason and justification of the overall motivation. And what I mean by that is basically, again, the example of the blue water bottle, you wanted to, or the blue color, you wanted uh, a color blue, and then you tell the news outlet and the news outlet then writes an article saying you wanted shaded blue. No, 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 no. Sure, you're still talking about blue, but then the outlet is already uh, mudding the waters deliberately to the masses in order to then use preference falsification to manufacture consent in which the energy that is traveling across the ether, so to speak, would then be transmitted and absorbed in what we'd call plasma, but it doesn't need to be observant to us for it to even be there, to then insert itself through, excuse me, the concept of the microtubules that form part of the cytoskeleton that then induces certain effects that people would call, say, I don't know, otherworldly, but we see that an example right here of a militarization of a very similar effect energetically in its foundations is very realistic. So again, it go, kind of goes back to which one is it? It's, oh, we, you know, there, there's proof after life, uh, proof of life after death by incredible doctors looking to do great things in a very organic regard, very similar to the images I showed earlier of speaking to deceased ones and all of that. But then on the other hand, it's, you have certain elements of other governments and even the same one saying, well, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. But then to weaponize it, that same underlying energy, it's no problem. Right? So with that said, folks, what I'm going to be doing here is taking this uh, full screen. And I would like to thank each and every one of you for giving this a watch or a listen. I respectfully encourage you to check it out perhaps even more than once, just because there's a lot of heavy concepts put in here that I may now thinking back may not have elaborated on as eloquently as I would have liked to, but thank you so very much folks. And we'll catch you on, uh, catch you very, very soon. Cheers.